on Tisha B'Av, in the evening, we are reading Megillat Eicha, also known as Keynote, which consists of five chapters. And each of the chapters, it's actually very interesting that the first four chapters are structured around the alphabet. The third chapter has a triple alphabet, and the last chapter, chapter number five, is not in alphabetical order, but strikingly has 22 verses, which is the number of letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And the chapters in this book of Lamentations, actually each one has a different focus. So I'd like to briefly speak about the first four of the five chapters of Eicha. And of course, we are reading Eicha at night. The truth is that the evening, certainly in the Ashkenazic tradition, there are very few kinov that we say in the evening service. And those that we do say, are most of them are actually very much rooted in the language of the Book of Lamentations, sort of picking up where Eicha leaves off. The custom of reciting keynote, saying keynote, is largely a practice that we do in the daytime. We don't say the penitential prayers on Tisha B'Av, but we do say the keynote. And there is a custom to recite Eicha, the Book of Lamentations, in the daytime as well, at the end of the keynote service, because actually it's part of the keynote. Rabbi Soloveitchik suggested, in line with his thinking in general, that there's something problematic about Tisha B'Av, because amongst the keynote, there are often explicitly and sometimes implicitly many complaints about God's justice, about God's righteousness, and therefore, since in the Book of Lamentations such questions are in fact at some point raised, Rabbi Soloveitchik felt that the Book of Eicha at night and the recitation of the Haftarah from Yirmiyahu in the daytime call for the wailing women and they will teach us how to wail is a justification. He felt that we looking for a justification to recite the keynote, to voice our sorrow, and on occasion to question the justice of all this. Be that as it may, it's certainly true that the keynote, the book of keynote Eicha, are part and parcel and should be understood as part of the larger project of the recitation of keynote on Tisha B'Av. The first chapter of Eicha, which, as it's called, which begins with the word Eicha, Eicha Yashvah Badad, and in this chapter, there is a focus, the primary focus, as the first verse, as the beginning of the chapter suggests, Eicha Yashvah Badad. How does the city sit solitary? Eicha is a kind of question, it's a reflection on the shock, surprise and shock. How could it be? How could it be that a city, that was so full of people, how could it be that she is so alone, so solitary? How has she become like a widow? And actually, it's very interesting. And this is true of the Book of Eicha in general. And it's true, actually, of the Megillot, with the exception of Kohelet, Ecclesiastes, which is different. But the Megillot that we have, the Song of Songs, in which the main actor in the Song of Songs is the, uh, is the woman, 
Rayati. And the Megillat Ruth is all about women. And then Esther, Megillat Esther. And in Echa, the description of Israel, Israel is represented in the book of Echa in several places as Bat Zion, or daughter of Zion. And even in the first verse, Haitaka Almana has become like a widow. And this imagery of the woman, the solitary woman, the woman who's very much alone, is one that we find in chapter 1 and beyond in these chapters of Lamentation. So the first verse sets the stage, Yashva Badad, she is alone. And the aloneness is described in this chapter in a variety of ways. For example, in the second verse, she cries at night, her tears are on her cheeks, amongst all her her friends, her lovers, there are none to console her. And that's a theme that runs through this chapter of Ein Menachem La. There is nobody to console. And that is to say that even those people that we expected would be concerned about us, our friends, our lovers, acquaintances, or whatever, are not there when we are in trouble. As the verse continues, Her friends have betrayed her. They've become her enemies. So this theme of Ein Menachem, there is none to console. The aloneness, that's a very central theme of chapter 1. It appears, for example, in verse number 4, The idea of emptiness, the idea of aloneness, the past of Tzion, Avelot, they are mourning. There are none, without the crowds that would come on the festivals. The gates are desolate. Her priests are sighing. The young women are afflicted, and she is in bitterness. The idea of aloneness, of emptiness, is one that runs through the entire chapter. And we have this imagery, of course, of the Tzion, who's represented as a woman, daughter of Zion, her splendor has left her. And in verse number 7, she is recalling, Zachra Yerushalayim is remembering the days of her affliction. When it fell into the hands of the enemy, nobody would help. In fact, the people who saw her mocked or laughed about her distress. In verse number 8, the chapter continues with the theme of the, of the woman. Here is the, the menstruant. So the nida, the menstruant, which comes from the word nod, to be set aside, to be separated out, and Jerusalem has been separated out. Here we have an interesting theme that emerges in chapter 1. The expression to see nakedness, the Oterva, is one that we encounter in the Torah many times. It refers to forbidden relationships. It appears in Vayikra, in Leviticus chapter 18, chapter 20. Here, it describes this woman, violated woman, who is looked upon as one of no worth. 
And in two verses later, in verse number uh, 10, Yodo paras tzara ko machmadera, ki ra'ata goyim bau mikdasha, ashe tzivita reyavol bakaharach. The adversary has the heathen nations invade her sanctuary. Those whom you did forbid to enter into your congregation. And then we have the same expression, Ra'ata goyim bau mikdasha, that the enemy have seen the oaths they entered into the sacred spaces. So the parallel to what we encounter, uh, verse number 8, about the violated woman, now becomes paralleled in verse number 10 about the violated sanctuary. So we have the theme of the woman that runs through the chapter, that represents the Jewish people. And, of course, we have the idea of the terrible aloneness, the widow, the menstruant woman who's set aside. And as the chapter continues, we have, for example, in verse number 16, About these do I cry. My eyes shed tears, run down with water. For that, those who would console me are far away. Those who could restore my soul. So the crying over here is twofold. The crying is about what's happening. There's an additional crying, I think, and that is not just crying about what happens, but crying about the fact that nobody is there to console me. The feeling of terrible aloneness, which runs through this entire chapter. Verse number 19, I called out to those who love me, they have deceived me. And finally, at the end of the chapter, the, the person in the story turns to God. Look, look and see, O oh God, how, how despairing I am. They heard that I am sighing, Seven times in the chapter, none to console. So my adversaries are rejoicing because of what you did. And in this chapter, the chapter, of course, speaks of those who do not console us. But by implication in chapter number one, the question is, is God there to console us? There's no sense in the chapter that God consoles either. We're searching for consolation. We're searching for consolation because of our situation. As described in the last words of the chapter, Rabot an davai. My heart is faint and my sighs are many. The word dava, to be faint, is a word that we encounter in the Torah in conjunction with the menstruant, with the nida. So the chapter from beginning to end is focusing on Israel as the woman, as the desolate woman, as the aggrieved woman, as the violated woman. No one is there to console, not those that we thought were our friends, and the feeling of terrible aloneness is what runs through the first chapter of Lamentations.